Hello and welcome back once again to the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast. This is a very special episode of the HR Social Hour. John and Wendy talk to Karen Crone from Paycor. I'm your host, John. And I'm Wendy. How's it going today, John? Wendy, I'm great. You know, it's been a tremendous month with our friends at Paycor. I'm really excited to be kind of capping it off in this conversation with Karen today. But, you know, what about for you, Wendy? What, what's been what's been the most fun for you so far? <laughs> um, probably our drink. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, you know, no, it's, uh, you know, that was a lot of fun um, to, uh, to get the drink and, um, have something to have that camaraderie while we're doing some of our usual stuff with um, with the the Twitter chat. So we, yeah, we've got the Twitter chat. We've got the um, the live watch party coming up. Um, so so much so much fun stuff that it's yeah, it's hard to hard to pick what what I'm looking forward to most. I'm glad that we're having this opportunity again. You know, we've been talking to Paycor for some time and. When San Diego didn't happen, this was a great way to continue and, and to develop our relationship. And now we get to talk to Karen, who has a has a great role there and a unique position. So we're going to talk about her and her background, a little bit about the company. But I'll stop gushing. I'll let you make the introduction. We will get started. Yes. Super excited to welcome Karen Crone, the Chief HR Officer for Paycor. She is responsible for scaling Paycor's people practice in support of its rapid growth and for reinforcing its strong culture across an evolving geographic footprint. She is currently working with her team to guide Paycor in adopting a virtual first work environment. She previously held HR leadership roles at American Modern Insurance Group, Kendall International, and Convergis. Karen, so excited to welcome you to the show and to continue to have this partnership with Paycor. But first, we always ask everyone the same question, what's in your glass? Yeah, thanks, Wendy, for that kind introduction. And hi, John. So I picked Prosecco today. And I did that because Paycor is celebrating their 30th anniversary this month. And I thought it was a nice way to cheer in the month and just reflect on all the things that um, my team and my colleagues have done over those 30 years. So cheers. Excellent. And congratulations to Paycor. That's awesome. Thank you. Appreciate that. Karen, we know a bit about Paycor already, and we've talked a little bit about them on previous episodes, but let's talk about you a little bit. How exactly did you get your start in human resources? Yeah, John, I always call myself the accidental tourist to HR. <laughs> I um, I started as a, a technical writer and a technologist early on running land networks, wide area networks and land networks back in the day. And um, I got involved in a uh, an enterprise HRIS project as a project manager and a business analyst. And I thought to myself, hmm, what function is in every organization, every industry touches all parts of the organization? And that's really where I got the bug uh, to get into HR. So I started really on the technology side. And then my first real job in HR was as the director of recruiting in the call center environment at, at Convergis. What was that draw? So you call it your the accidental tourist, which I love, by the way. I may yeah, borrow that. Uh, <laughs> what was what was so you start out in land and, and doing that type of work? Yeah, it? I think I think the opportunity really just 
recognizing that HR touches all facets of the business that, you know, from who you hire to who becomes your leaders to how productive and high performing teams are to what you pay and um, all of the different projects that run through an HR and learning function, um, just the variety and the influence, I think, um, was really what drew me to it. And, you know, also from an early career perspective, I was really looking for some stability. I, I grew up at a time when, you know, we had a couple economic downturns and, you know, the HR function wasn't the first function that was on the plate to exit the business, right? And so um, it, it just let me let me see how much influence the function can really have. And I think that's only grown. I, I think today we're never more in a, in a better spot to influence how organizations perform and grow and develop than, than what we're experiencing through COVID and beyond. Karen, not, there's probably a lot of our listeners out there who don't know who PayCore is. When people ask, how do you explain what PayCore does? Yeah, so I, I usually say that Paycor builds HR software for leaders. And leaders is a real distinction because a lot of companies in our space build these fancy platforms that focus on the end user. But we're really focused on providing technology to leaders who want to pay and retain and grow their employees and their, ultimately their business. And we think by really helping them solve problems and achieve their goals and growing their business or growing their organization and creating capacity for them to do what they love and to get, um, you know, to keep what they got involved with as a business at the forefront is a real difference maker. And so, you know, quite simply, we provide the technology that helps small businesses run and really empowers the leaders of those small businesses. We've talked to a lot of leaders of different organizations. You know, we've had several sponsors over the last many months. I think you're the second CHRO or lead HR person that we've had an opportunity to talk to. And I've always been curious as the head of HR for an HR technology provider, somebody that is developing software and programs for leaders, what challenges come in that? John, there are so many cool things about it. I, I have never found it to be a challenge as much as I've seen it to be this huge opportunity. And, and here's, here's how in three different ways. In one way, you know, you have an entire organization that's focused on um, delivering HR services. So you're not helping educate the organization on matters of engagement or matters of retention. They get it because they're delivering software technology to leaders and end users that help solve those problems. So they're in very invested in the same problems that I care about and that my team cares about. The second is you get a chance to influence the product roadmap, right? You get a chance to be one of the advocates and end users for feature and functionality. And, you know, who doesn't want to be on the inside of that? Now, our customers have a much larger voice than my team does because we're focused on small to mid-sized businesses. And, you know, we're a larger, a little larger enterprise at this point. But it's really cool to participate in that and to, to attend conferences where HR tech is, is an important topic. And then last, and this is the thing I always tout in trying to bring people on to my team is that, you know, we get a chance all the time to represent um, HR concepts, whether it's in webinars, in, in blogs, in conferences, and, you know, meeting prospects and clients. And you just build such a great um, network of common minds 
like-minded, common interested people. Rather than challenge, I think it's just been a real boost. Um, and I, and I, I expected it on my way in 10 years ago, but it's, it's come through or come some come to fruition in a thousand different ways than I ever thought it would. It's been special. I, I would recommend it to anybody that has a chance. If you get a chance to work in an HCM capacity, go for it because you do get a chance to have what you do as a profession, have, have a higher level of value and a higher level of understanding from your peer group. I appreciate that perspective. I have to ask 10 years in, how much has the technology changed? Oh my gosh, quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, anything from self-service to mobility to workflows to usability to analytics and reporting, like all of it has just gone to the next level three and four times over, right? And the interoperability of the systems, the integration to all the specialty partners that are, you know, providing niche level services. When I started, Paycor was really fundamentally a payroll company, and today we're a broad-scale HCM company. And I think the other thing we've seen is that enterprise functionality has started to come down market to that small and mid-sized business, and they have right. the same expectation that, that an enterprise does in terms of the utility that they get out of their technology. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. <laughs> it doesn't matter what size you are anymore. Um, no. They really want, want something that's going to work for them and, and make their make their work life a little bit easier. So with everything that's going on, what do you think is the number one issue your customers are facing from an HR perspective and how can Paycor help address that issue? Yeah, I think it's really been blown up, Wendy, by COVID because a lot of our customers have really had to reevaluate their business model. For example, you know, we have restaurant customers who's ha who've had to see if they can deliver um, only in a carryout model versus having customers in their in their facilities. We've had other companies spin off ancillary businesses. Um, so, for example, we have a spirits distributor who now is producing hand sanitizers and masks and wipes, and you know, lots of of other companies feel that same challenge and much like us where we had to shift our workforce to a remote environment in a matter of days or weeks. And so I think all of that stuff is really resetting the agenda for organizations. And we've really been partnering with that one to 1000 employee space to make sure that they have the stability and that they have the help they need in terms of information on government assistance like PPP or the CARES Act or Family First. And so a lot of them are looking to companies like Paycor and looking to us to help keep their workforce safe, keep themselves compliant, you know, really know how to take advantage of that funding. And there's still a lot of unknowns. Um, so, you know, we're trying to work with our customers to help them find their stride around when they can come to work and how far they can go to contain their costs and when they can start hiring again. And is their office environment safe? And so, all of those COVID things have really come front and center, as you as you know, but they are changing how we're thinking about the business. And we're trying to provide instant insights to leaders to help them manage crisis, to give them better dashboards through our analytic solutions, um, and making sure that, you know, they can track all their qualified expenses and that they feel the expertise that Paycor can bring in addressing all the unknowns. And I think that's one of the things we're best at is digesting these really complex complex situations and making them easier for leaders to act upon them. But as you know, there's still complicated topics and it's all still evolving, but it's good to have an expert partner like Paycord to really be able to help with not just the expertise, but the technology too. 
for sure. I think the technology is becoming more and more important, especially as we do remote work, um, to be able to have that that communication on not just the traditional communication of person to person, but information to information system. Karen, talk a little bit more about COVID for a moment. We've talked to quite a few people over the last many weeks and months. It's hard to believe it's months, but it seems like (laughs) quite a while now we've been talking about it. You personally, as a leader, what have you learned from this experience that you think is going to, maybe it hasn't, but it has it changed your perspective on your leadership? And and how do you, what have you learned that you're going to apply going forward? You know, I think there are two things that really, um, two levers that we pulled that helped us be successful. One is that we painted a picture of the business using real data about the business for people so that they could really see transparently what was happening in the business. What was the impact of COVID on PayCore, And what decisions were we making in the context of that data? So I think you know, one of the things that we learned is this um, notion of transparency about the business, making sure that people really understand the KPIs and the drivers in the business. I think the second was that you can't over-communicate. You know, the more that you're able to take the live ammo questions from people and deal with them in a transparent way, and the more that you can kind of create drip campaigns of messaging, that that um, goes a long way into buying people into the change that you're undergoing and or the the decisions that you're making. And so one of the one of the cool things that Paycor has always done, we do this um, monthly webinar of our own. It's called the Paycor Pulse and it's a live kind of TV show. And we started doing that every week. Now we call it the Micro Pulse. And uh, and our employees, they like it better than the monthly, right? Because they feel like they're getting this real-time information about the business. And so I think those are the two things, John, that, that we won't go back on is using data about the business to educate and then really increasing our communication by a multiple um, so that we're always out in front and always really asking questions from our employees about what's on their mind. We're also doing this thing um, once a quarter now. We've done it the last two months, but we're moving to a quarter called Pulse Pours, where we have like a live happy hour where people can ask any question they want. We have a panel of leaders um, at Vice President and above, and they take these, like I said, live ammo questions and, uh, you know, anything goes. And so I think it really shows that as a leadership team, we're aligned and we're committed to balancing the best interest of the business with the best interest of employees and their health and safety. I love hearing that. We've, we've talked so much about the communication piece and so many people are, are missing, the, missing the mark on it. And, and it's great to hear that you're doing that. And do those pours include Prosecco every time? <laughs> I think you guys had the azimuth drink, right? I oh, think our yeah. last one was the azimuth. Um, but, you know, you can you can BYO. It could be from water to, to Sprite to uh, Prosecco, anything in between. It sounds like our kind of event, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Oh, Karen, obviously, when we were working with sponsors, one of the things we, we love to get the inside scoop. You know, we love to be able to share what's going on in, in the business and, and with these different vendors that we work with. And, you know, any news or product changes that, that you're aware of that you could talk about 
with the audience that, that are coming in the next many months? Yeah, we have two kind of cool product um, enhancements that are coming that, that are really from the voice of the customer. They, they came out of requests from customers. And, you know, remember, we're very much focused on that one to 1,000 employer, small, biz, small to mid-sized business space. And the two things that are on the horizon are a compensation management tool. It's really going to allow leaders to plan and deliver base pay and bonus changes to large groups. Um, it's very integrated with our performance management solution. And it comes with all the automated workflows and notifications that take away that admin burden that you have to sometimes, you know, chase people down or, or make sure that they're on their budget. Um, it's got a lot of those workflows in place so that leaders and managers don't have to chase. They can get it at the tips of their fingers. The other thing I think is really cool, and it's very timely with the communication that we just talked about is a, a new pulse tool that will allow really quick hit pulse surveys and more in-depth engagement surveys, very customizable. Um, it's backed by a natural language processor and a sentiment analysis tool to really help um, leaders understand verbatims and the feedback that's being given. It really allows customers to get that kind of point in time feedback. And I think we're all craving that right now, right? My my own team today, we talked about doing a baseline conversation about um, work from home. Uh, we did a baseline a, a month or so ago, but doing another one and then, you know, doing them intermittently through June of next year, because that's a goal for ours to have people have widely adopted a virtual first work environment. And so I think these pulse tools are what leaders are craving about how do they get the voice of their associate into their decision making. I love that. Having information right there when and where you need it. I think that's something that most companies struggle with. So I, I love that you're working on making that easier. I think that's fantastic. Yeah, anything that lets you get trends, right? To to be able to benchmark yourself against yourself. Like, are you getting better? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and you got to know where you to start. You got to have that baseline. Otherwise, you, you don't know. You just don't know. Karen, we are so excited to be a part of Paycor's Missing Sherm 20 week. What event are you most excited about and any great conference memories you want to share with us? I love that um, the Paycor team really got behind this idea of Missing Sherm 20. I think it, it goes to show how much they know the HR community, right? And, and business leaders to recognize how important this event is to us and how much we miss the time to be together. So, you know, as much as I love that we're going to bring insights and ideas through the virtual Paycor booth, I think the real cool thing is the opportunity to network with HR peers because a lot, of, you know, that's why we go, right? We go to see the people that are the movers and shakers in the, in the the HR community who have the great ideas and the insights and just get to spend some time talking about, you know, what's important, what's happening in their organizations. I think the networking sessions are the piece I'm most looking forward to. And, you know, it's something that we're trying to replicate um, what you would experience in the conference itself. And while we're all going to be missing Sherm, you know, being live, I think it, it brings a little bit of the brings a little bit of the life and the face to face to the virtual conference. I agree. I like the networking stuff and I like that we've got plenty of that going on as well so that people can't don't feel like they're missing out too much. Yeah, I think one of the great things about the HR community is I don't think we're selfish about sharing ideas or being open about what's happening. And I think that's one of the things that makes Sherm so important is that people are proud to share what they're doing. 
think people are equally as proud to to uptake those ideas and see how they can make them work in their organization. So, you know, it's a great way to to get a spark of inspiration. And, you know, I'm glad to see that we're going to be able to do that in a virtual way. Well, we love our chats. I'm sure you were going to have a blast. (laughs) (laughs) Karen, it is now time for everyone's favorite part of our show, which is the half hour question connection. So in this section, we ask everyone the same questions, kind of that get to know you period. When you were a child, what career did you dream of having? I thought I wanted to be a tennis player, and I think I might have been inspired by Chrissy Everett at the time. And so I must have hit the um, tennis ball against the garage door ad nauseum to the point of distraction <laughs> to my parents and maybe to a broken window or two. Um, but, you know, I if I put as much energy into my tennis ball uh, garage door hitting, <laughs> um, I maybe I would have gotten a little further in it. But that's what I thought. I thought I wanted to be a tennis player and be on Wimbledon and and that that was really cool. I think it's safe to say, Karen, you're the first person that's ever said that. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> I had a soft spot for Chrissy Everett too. I, I, <laughs> I thought she was adorable. I, watched, you know, I used to watch all, you know, I remember McEnroe and Bjorn Borg and that whole crew and oh yeah, good times. Yeah, I think we all go through the, I want to be a veterinarian, I want to be a teacher, <laughs> right? But, um, but in reality, I just wanted to play games. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> Who's one person you've gained in your network in the last year that you think more people should know? Yeah, you know, I met a woman, Nancy Vitale, and uh, she is the leader of an organization called Partners for Wellbeing. And she was an HR professional and leader at, I believe, Genentech for quite a while. And so I think, you know, a lot of organizations are struggling with how to make well-being really tangible and actionable and how to think about it in simplistic ways and really highly connected to your strategy ways. Nancy is someone I've seen speak a couple times and someone I've developed a casual friendship with. Um, and I really appreciate her perspective on well-being and her perspective on the topic. You know, now she's committed her time to her own organization and company. So it's her primary focus. And I think, you know, anytime, again, Anytime you can get an edge by having smart people share their passions with you, um, if there's just one nugget that you can pick up out of it, I think it goes a long way. And Nancy's someone who's, who's had that impact for me. Karen, a new HR professional asks you for one piece of advice. What do you tell them? I'm not sure I'd be able to shut up. So <laughs> I, have, I have a couple, you know, I think number one, it's really important that you immerse yourself in the business. You have to know how the business hums, how it makes money, where the expenses go, what the key performance indicators are. You really have to immerse yourself because if you immerse yourself, all the things you do will have a better connection to an outcome in the business. The second one I'd say is, you know, Hey, there's no fairy godmother for your career. And if you're not owning your career and if you're not losing sleep over it, neither is anybody else. And so I think sometimes early career professionals really think somebody's looking out from them from a career perspective. And we all have good intentions as leaders and managers. And, you know, we we encourage and support and clear obstacles, but it's different than really owning it yourself. And then the last is, you know, I think the longer you get into your career, you recognize how important your work family tree is. And to make sure that you're cultivating those branches and that you're creating new branches and new leaves and new connections, and that you keep it healthy, that you're always kind of reaching down through the tree, bringing people along or um, asking for their advice and counsel and really taking, um, taking care of it, taking care of the relationships that you've built over time, because, you know, it's a small world and they all 
all come back, come back at some point. Karen, how do you enjoy giving back to the HR community or your community at large? I'm a really big believer in the Feeding America food banks, so the free store programs. I think in this time when we're seeing economic pressure and when, when we may see jobs not come back in some areas, that we're seeing more people go into food banks. And I think if you are hungry, it's hard to learn. If you are hungry, it's hard to think. Um, if you are hungry, it's hard to be a full participant and to have energy. And I just, I'm a really big believer in the food banks. I think they play an important role, a, a very fundamental role. I also think that, you know, I'm a, I'm a believer in organizations that use the power of their size and Feeding America empowers a lot of food banks. And so, you know, here in Cincinnati, we have the free store, um, which is across our tri-state region. And it's not fractured, right? It's it's a big organization and has a lot of strength and power behind it. So it uses its resources in the best possible way. And, you know, I, I just think it's a foundational thing that you can't go to school with an empty stomach and and learn to read, which is the foundation for everything else you do, you know, as you as you grow up. Very true. Karen, what is your favorite movie? I hate to say that I am one of those people that's not a big movie person. So I gravitate to things that are documentaries and then they're a little offbeat. But if I had to pick a couple, I would say I really like um, the movie, the documentary called Finding Vivian Meyer. Um, it's a kind of a little bit of a mystery of this woman who took thousands of photos of New York City and other areas and uh, her photos were discovered and later displayed in a museum in museums art museums and so her eye is really interesting and she captures an era of time and I just found it really interesting same with the the video the documentary about Bill Cunningham New York so I think those are both artists people who um, have a photographic eye and a creative eye and um, I just like things that capture elements of society and uh, elements of real life. So I'm, I'm less one to be found at the Star Wars movie. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> How about your favorite musician or band? You know, I really love um, Florence and the Machine, Florence Welch. I think her voice is just amazing. And it's hard not to have her songs play, like shake it out and have them get stuck in your head. And, you know, they're that devil on your shoulder the rest of the day. You just can't get it out of your ear. Um, I just, there's something about her. I just think her voice is really pure and just the lyrical nature of her work. And also the, you know, the, the machine itself gets in, gets to you, the beat. <laughs> Love it. Love it. How about a favorite TV show? This kind of goes back to the movie thing. I like I, I can go a long time without turning my TV on, though in COVID, I made this exception. Um, it wasn't really an exception. It was just I found myself like, mm, try something. So I um, I did binge watch Schitt's Creek. And I thought it was awesome in terms of the character development. I thought the writing of it was hilarious. There were a couple of episodes where I couldn't even catch my breath. I was laughing so hard. The one with David and the plungers in his store. <laughs> I just like the way he acts it and the, the dialogue. It's just, um, it's a really, really good show. I think the message is good and very clever. Karen, if you enjoy documentaries and you mentioned you like in Schitt's Creek, I have to recommend it. I don't know if you've seen it. It's a show called Documentary Now. Okay. I'll have to check it out. So it's Bill Hader, Fred Armisen, mm. John Mulaney, a bunch of the Saturday Night Live types that make these full-blown 
parodies of very famous documentaries. <laughs> okay, I'll have to check <laughs> but it they out. They are so well they're they're unbelievable. It, I, it's one of the funniest things I've ever seen. I, I I'm a uh, if you if you like the documentary Jiro Dreams of Sushi. Oh yeah. They make they had one called Juan Loves Chicken and Rice, and it is one of the most <laughs> ridiculous things you'll ever see. And then they did a full bore Broadway musical that never existed. It, 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 anyway, highly recommend it. It's on Netflix. It sounds right up my you, alley. Yeah, I yeah. think you would. I think you would appreciate and you. And again, they're all very specific to specific documentaries. And the craziest part is that it has a host. Helen Mirren yes. is oh, the yeah, host yeah. of this show. She plays it like it's real. She's like, welcome to the 53rd season of documentary. Now <laughs> it is unbelievable. Yeah. So anyway, all right, I'm going to check it out. My recommendation to you. <laughs> and, and they're all like 30 minutes long. So it, it's kind of fun too. It's nice and brief. If you're not watching documentaries, you're not listening to Florence and the machine, not watching Shit's Creek. What else do you like to do outside of work? You know, John, this is exactly why I'm not a TV movie person, because <laughs> I like to have a little dirt on me. And so <laughs> I love being outside. I'm I'm still that kid that, you know, mom has to call, like, come in for dinner, you know? Um, so I like um, being outside, being in the garden, hiking, biking. I took um, a week off last week just to staycation. And every single day I was trying to get in as much, you know, outdoor activity as possible. And I had dirt up my legs and between my toes and under my nails. And like, that's my thing. I, if I'm outside and uh, whether it's working in the garden, do, doing something like that, that's, that's why I'm not, you know, don't have as much time for TV or don't make as much time for TV and movies because I try and be outdoors and get in the sun and the dirt. Karen, finally, it is Karen Chrome Day all around the world. What are we doing to celebrate? A couple things. Gotta eat some pizza for sure. <laughs> you can have whatever you want on it, but you have to eat some pizza and maybe drink a fizzy Coke with it. But you do have to get outside with some friends, whether that's, um, you know, at a park or, you know, playing a wiffle ball game or whatever it might be, sitting on the patio, having a social hour, um, just doing something that's outside, fresh air, sunshine, and just relaxing. And so, you know, that would be, to me, the best special day ever. We're not going to ask you what pizza place, so as not to incriminate anybody from the greater Cincinnati area that may be listening. You know what? They make amazing pizza. <laughs> well, they're not sponsoring this show, so we're not saying who it is, but exactly. we'll have to wait and see. Karen, I cannot thank you enough for your time. It has been, again, we've been so appreciative of working with PayCore throughout the month, and uh, it's been so great to get to spend some time with you. I, I appreciate, I love the fact you're the accidental tourist and I love just how you talk about what you do. I can hear that land experience in there. And I love that. I love that tech. You know, you still, I can, I can hear some of that still there. And I think that's amazing, particularly working for an HR tech company. Cause again, I've never got to ask a leader of an HR tech company. What's it like to work in HR tech? So I, I appreciate that as well. <laughs> now there may be some listeners that didn't know you before that, that want to get in touch, want to learn more about Paycor. What's the best way for them to reach you and then also to, to get in touch with Paycor directly? Yeah, I'm at kcrone, K-C-R-O-N-E at paycor.com is email. And I'm always on the lookout there. LinkedIn, obviously. And I do have a Twitter handle at Kale Crone. Um, I often tweet about Paycor things and various things I find in my yard, kind of the dirt theme. So, <laughs> um, and then Paycor, you know, we're at www.com. 
paycore.com. We have all sorts of resources, demos, all an HR center of excellence where people can access uh, the latest thinking about important topics in HR or COVID resources or whatever it might be. You know, we have a team that spends a lot of time digesting that stuff um, and making it simple and easy to use for our customers and our prospects. And, you know, in just in general for the HR community, it's one of the ways that we give back. So, and we appreciate Wendy and John, you um, spending time with us, helping get Missing Sherm 20 up front and in front of people. We think it's a, a great, something that we shouldn't let Sherm slip this year, just because COVID makes us think about it in a different way. So thank you for all you're doing to, uh, to be a part of it. Well, we're, we're happy to do it. We will have all your contact information in the show notes. Wendy, how about you? What's the best way for listeners to find you out there? Best way is on my blog, mydailyjourney.com, um, Daily D is in dog, A-I-L-E-Y. And this week, you're going to find me on Twitter as part of hashtag not at Sherm 20 and hashtag missing Sherm 20, in addition to our twice monthly Twitter chats. How about you, John? JohnThurman.com for all things John Thurman for the show, hrsocialhourpodcast.podbean.com. I'm not going to do my regular spiel. I'm simply going to say, if you're listening to this as it's released, be sure to check out what we're doing with Paycor over the next many days. Always can go back to Paycor.com and check out and recap some things once they're here. But again, appreciate appreciate this opportunity. And so, Karen, again, thanks for your time. And for so for the HR Social Hour podcast, I'm John. And I'm Wendy. And as always, be sure to connect. Give back and network. network. Take care, everybody. We'll see you soon.